you take God's precious word and turn the book of Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6. God willing, we'll be expounding verses 30 through 35. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 30 through 35. The title of the message tonight is Two Kinds of Thieves. Two Kinds of Thieves. Thank you, Jonathan. So, well, how can there be two kinds of thieves? Well, there's kind of two kinds of theft. And two kinds of people committing those thefts. But I'll be very clear, there's no such thing as a good thief. Some people think that, well, maybe Robin Hood was a good thief. He robs from the poor and he, I'm sorry, robs from the rich and gives to the poor. Uh, and uh, they think, well, maybe he's a hero. At the end of the day, Robin Hood's just someone, just another thief taking something that doesn't belong to him. Giving it to people it doesn't belong to. Stealing's always been wrong, and a thief is a thief, no matter uh, what he steals, no matter who he steals from, but some thieves are worse than others. Some people don't consider themselves thieves, but we'll find out different tonight. And it's not because of how much they steal, but it's because of what they steal and why they steal. Look here, if you would, in verse 30 tonight. Men do not despise a thief if he steal to satisfy his soul when he is hungry. <clears throat> you have somebody walk into a local bakery. He steals a loaf of bread and he takes off running. The baker can't catch him. Next day, baker's busy. Baker turns his back. When he turns back around, he sees that same man with another loaf of bread running out his store with his bread. And he can't catch him. He tries, but he can't catch him. The man's too fast. And finally, one day, the man comes in, steals a loaf of bread. And as he's running out the store, the policeman starts to chase him. He chases him all the way to his house. At his house, there are six hungry children there and a hungry wife. And the man takes that bread and he feeds them. Now you take that policeman and you take that man and uh, you bring them to court. And the man and the policeman say, yeah, this is what happened. And yeah, there's these hungry kids. And man's feeding his kids, you know, he doesn't have a job or whatever. Uh, you know, some people could actually find compassion for that man, don't you think? I know some people could. doesn't make the stealing right, but they could find compassion for him. Now, suppose it's that same man and that same baker and the same bread. And as the man runs out the store and the policeman starts to chase the man... And he chases the man. Instead of following the man to his house where there's 600 kids, let's say he follows the man to his bakery. And the man's going in there every day and he's stealing bread from all his competitors and he's taking the bread to his bakery and he's selling their bread. Now that would really make some people angry, wouldn't it? And I imagine the judge would come down harder on him. 
But when we think of God's law, we have to say, when we think of God's law in consideration of the Proverbs here tonight, not our law here in the United States, it's, it's, it's just in some ways, but it's unjust in many, many ways. It's very, very flawed. But God's law in the Old Testament, not flawed. It's extremely wise. It's perfect. And, uh, you know, we, we don't excuse the person for stealing. And we may actually um, feel sorry for that person. But, the Bible says, if you'll look back in the text here, it says that we don't despise a person uh, for stealing. It says in verse 30, Men do not despise a thief if he steal to satisfy his soul when he is hungry. However, the Bible says, if you'll look on down, verse 31, but if he be found. So you may feel sorry for the man, but under the Old Testament law, even if he was stealing to satisfy his belly because he's hungry, under the Old Testament law says, if he be found, if that policeman catches him, Look what it says. He shall restore sevenfold. Now, I believe what's happening here is that, and I, and I think that I've seen this before in, in Hebrew writings in the scriptures where uh, they kind of combine things together. Uh, it, it's unique to Hebrew. Uh, but uh, if you'll look in Exodus 22 verse 1. Keep your place here in Proverbs 6 tonight. Look in Exodus 22, verse 1. We're going to look at the law. Because anytime Solomon's talking about the law, the Bible's talking about the law, it's talking about God's law. Why would, would you want to reference any other law? So we'll look at God's law tonight. <clears throat> Some of us would make Terrible judges, by the way. Absolutely terrible judges. Look here in God's law tonight, verse 31. But, but if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold. And in Exodus 22, 1, it says, If a man shall steal an ox or a sheep and kill it or sell it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. All right? So if I'm hungry... And I go kill, I go steal a cow, and I butcher it. The moment I butcher that cow, I cannot give that cow back. It's, it's gone, okay? And so let's say that I butcher it, and I put the meat up in the freezer and all that good stuff. Uh, then I have to give five cows back for the one cow I took. That's how beautiful God's Old Testament law is. You don't just get your cow back. You get five cows back. So it's kind of like, man, steal from me again, please. Steal from me again. Man, every time someone steals from me, I just get more back. If, if that is, if you can catch them. Now, if it's a sheep, then you, you get four sheep back instead of one. And because they're smaller, and, and since the, the cow's greater than the punishment is aggravated, you see. We do the same thing in our laws. If, it's a, if you steal more money, then you spend more time in jail, kind of like. 
All right, now Exodus 22, verse 4. If you'll look in verse 4. Exodus 22, 4, it says, If the theft be certainly found in his hand alive, whether it be ox or ass or sheep, he shall restore double. All right, so if I take Brother Shepherd's cow and I butcher it, I owe Brother Shepherd five cows. If I take Brother Shepherd's cow, I tie it up in my barn, and I say, man, stealing cows wear a man out. I'll butcher it in the morning. And then the police come to my house, and they find the cow tied up. Now he can get his cow back. It's not dead. So now I don't owe him five cows. Now I only owe him two. I have to give double back what I took from him. Okay? And so what I believe Solomon is doing here is combining the two together in the law, the extreme of both, double or up to five, and so sevenfold. And so um, I believe that's what's happening here. And twice as much and five times as much making seven, and uh, Solomon using that as a way of just um, describing the totality of the law. That number seven, the perfection of uh, restoration. And even though the public may pity the man, Solomon is saying, for stealing to fill his belly, the law had no pity on him for stealing to fill his belly. And you, and you may think, well, Brother Richard, God wrote the law. If I can see those poor, hungry children at the table... And that man's hungry, and his wife's hungry, and he steals a cow so they can, you know, have a hamburger. And they can eat for the winter. He steals one cow. Brother Shepherd has a bunch of cows. He's not going to miss it. So he steals one cow. They're hungry. They fell on hard times. Why not just let the man go? Why not just let him work to pay Brother Shepherd off? A little at a time on a payment plan till he just got the one cow paid off. We'll do that for people who, uh, who steal cows or just say, well, we won't prosecute them at all. I mean, under this circumstance, we should feel sorry for the man. How come God doesn't have pity like that? How come Solomon says that man doesn't despise a man whenever he steals to satisfy his belly, but the law of God will make him pay sevenfold, five and two. Why would the law do that? Well, I'll tell you why. Because God's law is just and wise. God's law is good for the thief as well as the victim. Could you imagine if we had people who would say, now, and I don't want to call anyone out, but, but just in your heart, if you were the judge and you knew someone stole the cow because they were hungry, is there anyone that would let them go? You know, if you were the judge? Let's say that someone would say, and you know some, there'd be plenty who would say, oh yeah, I'd let them go. I'd let them go for that. I'd feel sorry for them. So do you know what would happen if suddenly you said, well... If it's, for the, if it's for, the, um, for the fact that they're hungry and they're poor, then we won't prosecute them. Do you know what would happen to cow theft? Cow theft would start going up 
Everybody would be hungry and poor suddenly. Well, I'm hungry and poor. I qualify to go take Brother Shepherd's cow. You know what happened not too long ago in Dallas County with the district attorney there? Brother Shepherd knows. And did you know he recently rescinded his decision to no longer prosecute people for stealing necessary things like food and diapers? If you stole food and diapers, if it was a necessary item. I mean, you really needed it. Well, we don't want to prosecute you for that. Well, man, it's a free-for-all then. When he announced to the police that he wouldn't prosecute them, when he announced that the police wouldn't prosecute them, rather, he was telling the world, hey, if you want free food and diapers, then feel free to steal whatever you want to. Nothing will happen to you. And they're like, okay. And there's no surprise that the store owners then, after he made that announcement, reported that they saw an increase in theft at their stores because of it. And he said, well, we didn't have more reports of crime. And the law enforcement association said, of course you didn't have more reports. They knew it wouldn't do any good to call it in. You said you wouldn't prosecute them. Why should they call the police? They know you're not going to do anything. But by not prosecuting those thieves, he was forcing the working people to become victims to others who refuse to work. That's what you would be doing. That's why God, a lot of times you will see God telling Israel, uh, like if they're going to go uh, attack and destroy a particular uh, nation, particular people group, that was ripe for God's judgment. God had already said, I've had enough with them. I'm now going to destroy them. I'm going to use my people Israel to destroy them. I'm going to take their land and give it to my people Israel. And you know what a lot of times God would say? Don't spare for their crying. Kill both young and old. Don't look at the babies. Don't look at little children. Go, oh, well, maybe we won't kill them. He said, don't you do it. I know what they'll be when they grow up. You say, well, that's so harsh. No, it's so real. It's so true. And in doing that, God was being just to punish the guilty and to condemn the one who would commit offense against him that he knew. And in so doing, spare the righteous people of Israel. To have to, to, to have to be uh, dealing with them later and to be their, their offspring to be threatened by them and to be uh, murdered by them and, and to have their gods uh, worshipped by their children because they're still alive. So you may have sympathy for these people, but God in His wisdom still holds these people to the letter of His righteous law, which says, if a man does not work, neither should he eat. And though it is human nature to feel sorry for these people, if the thief is caught stealing a cow or whatever he steals, and he's going to have to pay back more than what he stole, yes, look back in your text, he shall give all the substance of his house. Now, there's no law that says if I steal a cow from Brother Shepherd, I have to give everything in my house back to Brother Shepherd. But the law is, is this, that if, I, if I've got to give... If I steal two cows from Brother Shepherd and I butcher both of them, how many cows am I going to owe Brother Shepherd? I'm going to owe him ten. Now let's say I don't have enough money to buy ten cows to pay him back. 
I need to sell everything in my house, all the substance of my house, until finally I have enough to give him back. So what the law is saying, what Solomon is saying here, hey, men may not despise him, but according to the law, if that man's found, he's going to pay back the uttermost farthing, as Jesus put it. He's going to pay back everything that he took, everything the law demands, even if he has to sell everything off. Even if he has to auction everything off. And have nothing but the shirt on his back. Like, wow, that's, that's harsh, Brother Richard. Oh no, that's merciful. You see, if I know that that's what the law is going to do to me, it's a really good deterrent for me to go to work each day. It's a really good deterrent to keep me from being a thief. It's a really good uh, 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 safety net for Brother Shepherd to feel secure in the cows he's invested in. And he's worked hard to, to breed and to, to raise up. So he'll give all the substance of his house if that's what it takes. So the thief who steals for food gets public sympathy. The thief who steals for food gets the opportunity to fully restore what he took away. Listen now. You say, Brother Richard, you're making it look like the law's a blessing to him. It is. The thief who stole for food, whether, uh, or, or whether he just trying to make money, and he's going to take Brother Shepherd's cow, and he's going to, uh, uh, butcher it and sell the meat to somebody else and just make profit off of it. Whatever the reason was that he stole, the law gives him the opportunity to fully restore what he took away and make things right with the victim he stole from. Brother Shepherd, if I took one cow from you and I gave you five back, would you be happy? You couldn't, you couldn't hold a grudge against a man if you came out smelling like roses every time he took from you. You'd say, hey, I'm good. I'm good. I lost one. I got five back in return. I mean, you can't do that in the stock market. That's fantastic. So the law gives me the opportunity to make him whole and for my relationship with Brother Shepherd to be completely restored Verse 32, the second kind of thief. But whoso committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. You see, here is theft again. The first you have a man stealing to fill his belly. And, but no matter his appetite, he has an appetite to fill his belly. He steals and he gets the opportunity to pay everything back. Even though it may take everything in his house to do so. The law is still going to demand it. But not so with the other thief. But whoso committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. You see how he's comparing him to this thief who steals for bread? Whoever lies with another man's wife, he says, just doesn't get it. He doesn't understand that the theft he commits... By the act of adultery is in a whole different category than any other type of theft. Would you agree that if someone committed adultery with your spouse, that they stole something from you? 
Absolutely they did. The man who steals for food may ruin his substance. He has to lose everything in his whole house, perhaps. But the man who commits adultery ruins his soul. Solomon said, look if you would in your text, He that doeth it, that is he that commits adultery, destroyeth his own soul. Not that the person can't be forgiven for his sin and go to heaven. Thank God we can. But that he as an individual, he ruins his life. That's what he's saying when he says he destroys his soul. He ruins his life. He destroys his life. He destroys his good name or her good name. And he destroys his or her honor. Solomon said, look in verse 33. A wound in dishonor shall he get. Two things. A wound, that's on the outside. Dishonor, that's on the inside. The wound he gets could be from a jealous husband. I tell you what, man. I've been a lot of men get whooped up on someone messing with their wives. A lot of men get shot and killed someone messing with their wives. Could be that the wound is being stoned to death as the law required. It could be that. The wound could be a sexually transmitted disease. It could be that. Or the corporal punishment, again, the law requires. The wound could be the stress, the physical stress that's brought upon him due to his or her sin. And not only a wound, but Solomon said he would get dishonor. Dishonor. Look back in your text. In his reproach, or his dishonor, shall not be wiped away. Underscore, shall not be wiped away. Shall not be wiped away. This is what makes the theft of matrimony much worse than the theft of property. One thief steals property. A cow. A loaf of bread. A bulldozer. Whatever it is. Property. The other thief steals matrimony. Marriage. And the theft of matrimony is far worse than the theft of property. The person who commits that theft doesn't understand the depth of what they're doing, the crime they're committing. When a man steals food, he gets sympathy. When a man steals matrimony, he gets disgrace. No one looks, uh, no one looks at a man, even though they may look at a man who steals bread and say, well, you know what? The man was wrong. You know, I do kind of feel sorry for him. No one looks at a man whenever he takes another man's wife and says, well, you know, I understand committing adultery with that woman was wrong. But, you know, I mean, he, 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 just, uh, he, he just fell in love and, and, and she was so pretty. And he, he just had to satisfy himself, you know. No one does that. He gets disgrace when a man steals food. The law gives him the chance to pay it back. To make it whole. To be able to, after all is said and done, Brother Shepherd, you good? I'm good. Community good? We're good. He's paid it back five times. Or he's paid it back 
double. We're all whole now. Welcome back to society. Now don't steal our stuff. Or you'll go through this again. And the man's able to get taken back into society. The law gives him the chance to pay back everything he stole and make things whole. But when a man steals another man's wife. Or when a woman takes another woman's husband. They're taking something from that spouse that can never be paid back. They're taking the woman's innocence. Purity. They're taking that special relationship. That used to belong to just that husband and wife. And they're destroying it. And there's not enough money in the world. To be able to give that back to a man. And say you good now? He'll never be good. He'll never say, oh, I'm good. I've got more than what you took now. You can do that with a cow. You can't do that with a spouse. He's taking his wife away from him. Even if the woman repents and and he keeps his wife, the man keeps his wife after she commits adultery on him, the husband has still lost his trust in her. He still lost his sense of security as a man. What did I not have that that guy had to give her? That man can never give that back to him. For the rest of his life, the husband will never view his wife the same again. He may forgive her. He may love her. He may say, honey, that's all in the past. But he'll never view her exactly the same again. He will always remember That another man's hands have handled his wife and trespassed into a place where only he belonged. Those are things an adulterer can never pay back. A thief of property can at least make himself right with his victim by giving back more than he took. But a thief of a man's wife can never make himself right with his victim. Verse 34, for jealousy is the rage of a man. It will always be on his mind. I was talking to a woman a few years ago who committed adultery on her husband and she was wanting some counseling. And uh, it was so sad to listen to. It was so heavy to listen to. And we talked and they tried their best to get through it. It didn't work out very well. The man was so angry. He was so angry he ran off to a bar. Thought I'll pay her back. I'll find me a woman to run around with tonight. You can't. That doesn't fix anything. They finally got through it. And then time passed by. And then one night they decided they would go camping together. The husband and the wife. All that was water under the bridge. What happened in the past? He forgave her. She repented. She even got up before the church and repented. So they went camping one night. A romantic camping trip. And guess who happened to pull up to decide they wanted to go out to that camping area too that night? 
the fellow she committed adultery with. And it just ripped everything raw again when her husband saw him. And he came over to, to say hello to them. And then I think he'd get an argument with her husband. And now it's all over again. Jealousy is the rage of a man. He'll never be right this side of heaven as far as that goes. Even if he forgives, he'll never forget. The hurt will always be there. Look back in your text. Therefore, he will not spare in the day of vengeance. He'll show no pity on the adulterer. He'll kill him if he can get away with it. I remember growing up as a little boy. It was kind of a known thing. That if you went into your house and you caught another man in bed with your wife and you killed him, you'd probably get off and wouldn't be prosecuted. Everyone in that kind of y'all, y'all understood it? I'm not sure it's that way anymore. I don't think it would be. Because society has changed, their, their, their standards have gotten so low. But we're talking about a perfect law here. And we're talking about in a, in, in a perfect world. I wouldn't blame a man for shooting somebody like that in his rage. He says, he won't spare in the day of vengeance. Verse 35, he will not regard any ransom. That means, you say, well, I'll give you this much money. He says, neither will he rest content, though thou givest him many gifts. I give Brother Shepherd five cows. He said, man, what a deal. If, if, if a man took your wife from you or a woman took your husband from you, they could give you all kinds of gifts and you would never say, oh, that's fine now. That's fine. It would never make things right. So no matter how many gifts you give him, no matter what you give, no matter how kind you are to him, how well you take care of his kids, if his wife happens to leave her husband and, and, and go ahead and shack up with you or, or divorce her husband and go ahead and marry you after she committed adultery on her husband, that happens all the time. And then after she commits adultery, the court gives her the kids. And then now this adulterer who took the man's wife from him now has his kids in his house. That's wicked. That's wrong. The judge that does that, they don't have any sense. It doesn't matter how well he takes care of your kids. The victim husband will never rest content. Because at the end of the day, you are still the man who slept with his wife and destroyed his home and took his kids out of his house. Years ago, a burglar broke into my parents' house. They stole several, several things from the house and the burglar was eventually caught and some of their property was in his possession. And had the police been fortunate enough to catch the man maybe as he was leaving my parents' property... That might have, they might have been able to get all the property back to my parents that he took. But even if you catch an adulterer before he leaves your house, or as he's leaving your house, you'll never recover the things you lost. 
Consequently, the adulterer will never gain the things you lost. You listen to that? You see, if, if a man breaks into your house and he steals your guns, like he stole my dad's guns, he stole some of my mom's jewelry. If a man breaks into the house and he steals your guns and your jewelry and your cash or whatever you've got laying around, even though you lost it, at least he gains it. It may be theft, but at least he's got more than he had when he came in. But the adulterer can never gain the things you lost. If a man runs around on your wife, he, he can take your wife from you, but he can't gain what you lost. If you're the adulterer, you may gain your neighbor's wife, but at the end of the day, all you got was another unfaithful person just like yourself. You didn't get a wife. The two of you deserve each other. And with that, we'll go ahead and stop tonight. Two kinds of thieves. I pray to God we'll never commit either of them. But had I had to choose between two thefts, I'd sure want one I could restore back my victim. We'll go ahead and close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you, God, for digging in deep tonight. Not just to say adultery is wrong, but to tell us why it's wrong. To tell us how it affects us. To tell us how it leaves us hollow. How I can't pay it back what I took at the same time I can't gain from taking it. Thank, us, thank you, Lord. Excuse me. Thank you, Lord, for giving us this great insight in your scriptures. We love you so much, and we look forward, Father, to going further and further in these wonderful Proverbs. In Jesus' precious name we pray.